Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Grow Like a Pro. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankers, alongside the incredible hero of the universe, Jason Flagel. Hey, world. Well, <laughs> How's it going? Hello, world is what I should have said. <laughs> yeah. Hey, world. How you doing? <laughs> as you guys can tell, I'm prob- I'm not next to Adam. We're actually doing this as a remote um, recording for this intro. So, But I, yeah, I'm feeling a little under the weather. So <laughs> I decided to stay home rather than try to get everyone uh, sick today. Uh, but Adam, I thought you were going for like the Incredible Hulk is kind of what. Yeah, something like that. Something along those lines. You know, we saw Avengers this weekend. And did all um, that stuff, and if you it was have pretty not incredible. Seen it, you need to go see it. It's like one of the. It's literally one of the best movies I think I've ever seen. Wow, that's high praise, man. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's real nice. I still think we should do an Avengers Endgame spoiler cast or something at some point because that would be pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, the I'm still debating which one I like more: Infinity War or Endgame. Um, I, I like Endgame just for the fact that there were so many like amazing Easter eggs and and cool things that they just packed in there for you know all the fans. So they yeah, really definitely. brought everything together, which was awesome. Yeah, and I I, I still I, I probably need to see it one more time. I still think I may like Infinity War a little better, but yeah. I, it's it's hard because it's I I feel like I got to see it like ten more times. But <laughs> it was wonderful. But yeah. you know, uh, Endgame is awesome. But you know, the reason we did want to mention that we are doing this. Um, remote where Jason and I aren't sitting next to each other, which I'm not going to lie, is pretty sad. But it's uh, we are trying to, like I said, prepare for the future of Girl Like a Pro, and we have a lot of different ideas, and we want to be able to get more people to come on where they're not necessarily in the studio with us and do mm-hmm. a bit more things. So this is kind of one of our our tests before we we you know go into the next season of Girl Like a Pro, as it were. Yep, that's right. And uh, you know what, Adam, I think that our guest uh, this week, Paul Kilzer, would uh, agree with testing out just because that's kind of the process, you know, he uses when he works with companies. So, um, you know, Paul's whole focus with the Prosperity Partners is really along the lines of getting to know companies through uh, consulting work. And he really walks through three amazing like phases, um, I, you know, in terms of who he's working with that we know. Uh, you know, pretty well, Adam, he's working with the basement doctor, uh, a few other companies in Columbus, Ohio. And then I'm pretty sure he, he mentioned he works, you know, with uh, companies all across the country. But yeah, I'm so, so excited about this episode. And I think you'll tell you guys will be able to to hear that. Um, and, you know, how the, the conversation goes with Paul, because Paul's just an incredible guy. And then he really does, you know, deliver incredible value to the people he's working with. Yeah, and what, what's I think very valuable about Paul for Paul for our audience for the Grow Like a Pro audience is his sole purpose in life basically is to help companies grow and find their weak points and succeed yeah. and take their their plan to the next level. Whether that be selling the company, preparing for the future, planning on an exit, getting out mm-hmm. of troubled things with your management team and your organization, and he really takes you know a very direct approach when works directly with each of the team members to really make a difference. And it's, it's pretty fascinating stuff that you see results. I'd say immediate, pretty immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, from what I've heard the, of the people I've talked to that he's worked with, um, they're like, it's like our, our eyes have been literally opened to, you know, who, who we can actually become. So really, really helping companies at the end, uh, at the end of the day, unlock their full potential which i absolutely and i I think adam that's the same thing the same reason why you know we do grow like a pro is we want to have 
people like Paul and uh, other amazing guests, um, you know, share their insights to help people like you guys grow like a pro. That's the whole focus of the show. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I couldn't have said it better myself, but I'd love to get into this conversation. So I do want to remind people, if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to, be, to help tell your story and be a guest on Grow Like a Pro, if you want to ask questions to our amazing guests and people that come in and tell their stories, send an email to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that is hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And you know, I say without further ado, let's get to Paul Kilzer. Hey guys, what is up? It is Jason Adam here from the Grow Like a Pro Show. And guess what? We have got Paul Kilzer from Prosperity Partners in the house with oh, us yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Paul. So excited for Paul to be here. Uh, I was actually just talking with Paul a little bit off the air uh, before we started the recording. Hey, on, I was here too. Well, yeah, <laughs> you don't matter. Adam, yeah, I guess okay? that's fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was talking with Paul um, about like why I'm so excited because Paul really has developed out this model that is so effective for uh, working with companies and ultimately like the leadership team, uh, the, the personnel behind the scenes of a company and helping them become, you know, really who they are meant to be and unlock their full potential. So, Paul, thank you so much for being with us and, you know, to all the listeners, too, on the podcast. So excited for you to be here. Uh, but to jump right into, uh, you know, the first question, can you tell us and the audience a little bit about your story? your background, and really what is Prosperity Partners? What's the company? What do you do? Yeah, so uh, it's. Uh, I'll start with a story. Yeah, How's perfect. that? That's I love stories. Story. I love, yeah, I love <laughs> stories. That's the best way to get information. <laughs> and I'm going to start in the middle. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, my partner at this point in the story says mm-hmm. to me, he goes, I'm done. He's like... Um, how long have you guys been partners at this point? Well, at this point, like three and a half years. Gotcha. So we, we were, we're at breakfast. It's like summertime, mm-hmm. and we would frequently go to breakfast, our wives and, and stuff. And at this point, we've been in business several years. And so we're there, finished breakfast. It's a Saturday morning. He's got his three-year-old boy and his wife, and I got my three-year-old girl and my wife. And my wife's like way out to here pregnant with our next baby. <laughs> and we finished breakfast. He said, hey, um, I want to talk a little bit more. If it's okay if we walk down here. And mm-hmm. so, sure, yeah. Sounds great. So we walk down to the fountain in the middle of the mall. It's got one of those, uh, you know, skylight domes and water fountain and kids playing and people walking around. And we sit down in these wrought iron chairs, you know, chairs around the fountain. And he says, uh, well, I've been thinking for a little bit and I'm done. I don't want to be partners anymore. Um, I think I could get some money for less than it costs to have you around. So I want to be done. Was this out of nowhere? To me, yeah. <laughs> to me, it was like, no. I wow. think he he'd been thinking oh, about course, it for a yeah. while, yeah. you know. Right? And so, uh, in that moment, right, like mm-hmm. up to that moment, sun coming through the thing, I can feel. <laughs> but then everything's totally quiet. Yeah. Like, I didn't hear kids anymore. I didn't feel water splashing on me from the fountain anymore. I didn't. I I could feel a little bit of the wrought iron chair that I was sitting in and the wrought iron table that was in front of me. But I had all this emotion going, right? Like yeah. this frustration and confusion and anger and fear and sadness and disappointment and confusion and fear and, you know, just just uncertain yeah, what, what was sure. going to happen next. So, so uh, because my, here my wife is going to have another baby. Yep. We have a three-year-old. I'm mm-hmm. thinking play now, play, pay now, play later yeah. was my uh, intent. So mm-hmm. I've been doubling down, putting all the work in. And so uh, that that experience 
that was that was um, the first of two. Mm-hmm. So I, that's, we started that company. It had grown. We were, we were at thirty some people doing several million in revenue, but we had built a really strong system mm-hmm. that would let it continue to grow. In fact, we were about to buy our largest competitor, who was twice our size. And um, so after that. Um, this is kind of the story leading up to Prosperity Partners. So we had mm-hmm. this. Uh, after that, I started another company, and it was a management consulting business, and it grew very similarly. Um, we we ended up being twenty some people and doing several million in revenue uh, within the first couple of years. So that that company was going even faster than the first one until we hit two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and so uh, in two thousand eight we had. The thing everybody else knows about, yeah. where the economy, but it was part of a trio of terrible tricks that life was playing on the Kilzer family. Oh man! Mm-hmm. Where I, we, you know, we had uh, twelve days prior to the economy crashing, I was started chemo for stage three melanoma, and oh, once wow. that was finished, um, we found out we had black mold in our house, so we bugged out, left everything behind except what we could take in trash bags. So we had this, oh. we had this experience with the first business mm-hmm. where we weren't really, I wasn't really thinking about the exit. But he was. Yeah. And then I have this experience with the second company. And again, it's it's doing pretty well. Actually, we had started to hit the inflection point where we were doubling revenue every quarter. Wow. But because we weren't well capitalized, it couldn't survive. It, it, it couldn't thrive with all of those hits on it. Mm-hmm. And so um, after that, I worked for uh, a nonprofit here in this um, in the Midwest here in Columbus called uh, Rev One. It was called mm-hmm. Tech Columbus back at the time. Yeah. Yeah where we were trying to stand up companies and get them to be the, the whole, the whole focus was on the exit, right? You're, you're trying to get these technologies to become companies that could yeah. be really um, strong. And so um, that's how we kind of got to this notion that we, we'd had two experiences. The first business um, grew really well and uh, it ended up that we had built a growth system. Mm-hmm a way to grow a business with people and um, use that in the second business. That first experience kind of hit my confidence a bit, frankly. Yeah, it I reminds bet. me like when I was, when I was three, I, uh, I was running through the church basement and I tripped over the table leg and I fell smack just like right on my face, and, like bruised my tooth or something. So I had this brown tooth and I'm this <laughs> hyperactive kid. <laughs> yeah. you know, so I was like the weird kid, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, but luckily, um, I had some success athletically and some success in the classroom. So I kind of came out of that. But this mm-hmm. experience with my partner really shook my confidence again. You know, so, mm-hmm. so it's one of those where um, you, you, when you look back on it, you're thankful. Yeah. But in the moment, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, so, for sure. But that's kind of that's those were the genesis points to why we got to Prosperity Partners. Because right now, mm-hmm. the way we work is to help companies in one of three practice areas that are part of every company's life cycle, uh, how they fund the business, how they're going to grow and how they're going to exit. Mm-hmm. And so those are the three areas that we start with. And that's a little bit of the story about how we got to this point and why we're doing what we're doing. I love that. So what, what ended up happened to that first company that the partner was leaving? Did yes. you end up selling that or I sold my part to him Okay, and um, we had built a really great nucleus of people mm-hmm. We had really great systems and processes. We've been mentored really strongly and um, mentored through books we read and people we knew and that kind of thing. And um, we were about to buy our largest competitor. He went ahead and did that. Um, Sold the business a few years later for something like 
over 30 million. Wow. So it was a nice, it was a nice, um, a nice run. Yeah, frankly. for sure. And it was a great learning experience for everybody involved, including me. Cool. Um, my exit was a little poor because I wasn't planning for it. Yeah. For and sure. so that's a, that's one of the instigators. Yeah. Um, the guy who wrote the book, uh, seven habits of highly effective people, mm-hmm. this old school book, but man, it's good. It's and very good. One of the seven is yeah. begin with the end in mind. So that's you gotta, right. you know, you're, you're going to either pass on or you're going to pass it on, mm-hmm. but one way or the other, you're not going to own this business forever. So how do you, that's right. how do you start? planning for that now Mm -hmm. that's right what are you going to put into place today to kind of think about that so right and and i think that's super important because i mean a lot of times when you're back then you didn't have as much knowledge as you do now and those are like you said the biggest learning experiences and when you go through those shocking moments in life when you're because when you're going one way and that's all you know and then nothing else happens you can't grow and you can't change and when you have those failures it's like whoa yeah <laughs> time to yeah. kind of relook at the path and see what's kind of going on and yeah well, I, I definitely want to get into a lot of that kind of in the future but or as as we continue with this conversation but i do kind of want to touch on one of those um top or you kind of mentioned this before with your mentors and kind of the way you kind of learn to do what you do so mm. i'd like to kind of go back a little bit to the beginning and how did you start this path was it always kind of what you wanted to do what kind of led you on this this journey that you've that that you've taken so far hmm. i grew up in a family that led me this way yeah i think um so my first mentor was from the time i was first grade through sixth grade and he had a, he owned three companies at the time uh a motel a working farm and a consulting business i think all the consulting stuff was pro bono but yeah uh, so this is my grandfather right he he'd started these uh programs in high schools and then retired bought this farm that had a motel on it back in the days when you needed a five room motel between, you know, rural town a and rural town B cause there weren't interstates. Yeah. So he had these, these couple businesses that he ran. And so I got the blessing of being able to spend hours upon hours with him and him teaching me little lessons, big lessons and everything in between. And so that was kind of the beginning. And, and so when I zoom out and think, okay, so my dad was entrepreneurial, my grandfather's entrepreneurial, um, my grandfather was a teacher. My father was a teacher and then a preacher. And then my mother was a teacher. It's just kind of in my blood Yeah, right? really. Like to, to help people have the light bulbs come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether I'm coaching in an athletic scenario or coaching in a business scenario or just uh, helping somebody learn something, uh, it really pushes my buttons in a way. And I, I can tell that I have some natural gifts in that way patience and uh, encouragement and those kind of things go a long way when you're trying to help somebody learn something for sure. And so, um, uh, my grandfather was probably kind of like my, 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 I, I, even today, every week, there'll be something that happens. And I think back about something grandpa said, Oh yeah. You know, yeah. it's just one of those. I mean, it was so foundational for you. So mm-hmm. yeah, all right. those kind of all those experiences that came after it kind of started from there. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's easy to think back to that, to those times, I'm sure. And he's, he was, you know, principles are timeless. Yeah. Practices are timely. Yeah. yeah. So the things we may be doing differently now because the time that we're in, uh, but they still relate back to a principle. And that's yeah. the stuff I learned from, right. from him as yeah. an early. Principle-centered yeah. uh, leadership. Very important. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, it's the world constantly changes, but you think about those principles and they never, ever change. Right. They're constant. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you talk about your grandfather and my grandfather was a similar figure for me as, you know, mm. as, as, a, as, a, as also as my father was and mother and family because 
my grandfather was in the Holocaust and he was liberated from Dachau. He was in Auschwitz and he came to America and he started up this huge leasing company and this leasing business and, you know, was just the talk of the town of Cleveland and found amazing success from, you know, being literally in death camps basically mm. and it's it's amazing you know that's an extreme ex- like you know example of a family member but your family really does have a lot of experiences that you can learn from and you know as a kid it's a lot harder to kind of you know take advantage of it yeah but yeah. especially if you have someone who's there who's willing to to help you and listen and even if you may not like it at the time it's super super valuable and luckily my grandfather's still alive so i'm still learning from him today mm. but it's it's i think that's one of the most important things especially for me is understanding you know where you came from and the people who are really there to help you because no one's going to believe in you more than your family when it starts and that's how yeah. you really can can learn and do stuff so i think it's a it's a really valuable thing that everyone should really take advantage of while you still can. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's easy to not do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you're, you're close to your family. You overlook some of those things. And yeah. it's just an easy thing to look forward to, whatever, career, yeah. my own family, having my own kid, whatever. It's just easy to overlook it. Definitely. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah. Could definitely. Um, so important. And I, I want, that's what, actually one of the things I was just thinking about, too, because my grandfather had a lot of influence on me. Uh, especially for being an entrepreneur because he had his own construction company mm. and uh, I see it was like a cement um, artistry company. Interesting. So a okay. lot of those like custom driveways that you see, right. um, even some McDonald's and fast food restaurants have those custom concrete. Yeah. yeah, he was the guy who actually developed out the formulas for making the custom concrete. Oh, cool. So like my desires, I actually learned kind of watching him you know, growing up, I was like, he'd always be, he had his winter snow removal business too during the winter uh, when there was a lot of snow. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. I, I think that idea of like legacy leadership yeah. is something that really should be more developed and promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, you, yeah, you, you talk about, you mentioned it before about, you know, you have a company and you're not going to own it forever. But yeah, that's exactly. the same thing with your life. Like you're not going to exactly, be here right. forever. Right. And exactly. when you're gone, what what are you going to leave behind? Your true legacy is, yeah, your children and the people you've impacted and your employees and the people that you've helped do stuff because you, your messages and your teachings won't be gone when you are. So yeah. it's a... Uh, especially now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're really as, not gone. As of like now, 10 years ago, right, the whole world changed. Mm-hmm. Like now there are boats floating around the ocean that store data yeah which exactly. is probably one of the places where this podcast will exist <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. at some point so <laughs> yep. our legacy really does yeah. live on in a in a very meaningful and long-standing way it's, yeah for sure it's a really unique time where yeah definitely so yeah i kind of want to jump off that and w- when was kind of the first time you you took those teachings and put them into action what was kind of one of the first examples of you kind of starting this path hmm. um after high school so I'm, uh, my best friend from high school and I, um, we wanted to do some kind of business together. Yeah. And we were both involved in athletics and he went on to college. What kind of sports? Um, we played all, we went to this small school. So we had hundred kids in our class and good athletes played everything, but oh, yeah. we were good enough. To <laughs> I was one. I had the same situation <laughs> too. <laughs> I know that. Is. Which is fun oh, yeah. in some ways. And back then there weren't specialties the same way they are now. Yeah. Um, you know, so. I went on to play football in college and he did too at a different school. Um, we won the state baseball championship in high school. So that was fun. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, um, but we were into athletics and working out and supplements and all that stuff. And so, um, we started, we decided we'd start a supplement business. Nice. So 
we went to the Arnold and like started investigating. Now, this is a few years after high school. We'd kind of tried different things and came together and then tried to, to start something. Now, the, the downside is my, we went to the Arnold Classic to investigate this stuff on the day of my wedding, oh. <laughs> which is not my wife's favorite story, but it's just true. I mean, oh, man. you know, the thing only happens one time a year and you know, it's like, I feel like that always, it always falls on the worst times. I, I know, swear. Anything yeah. you want to do, there's always something that pops up. You're like, really? <laughs> Could have yeah. been any other day. <laughs> I know. So that was one of the places where like entrepreneurially I'm thinking, okay, well we got a problem that we see out here. We, we couldn't find the stuff we wanted. And so let's go source it and, serve people with yeah it. you know it was, that was one of the places i think that uh learning from grandpa really applied uh, you know the other places would be athletically mm-hmm. because if you know things like just the discipline to put the tool back where it goes you know that yeah. little thing is massive when you think about the rest of your life for sure the order is important you know if you, you know, there's a reason why my nose has a slope down if it rained and it was the other way i'd drown you know it's just simple things like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> So uh, order is important, and I think uh, that was one of the big lessons from grandpa's. You know, if, you know, if you can do things uh, in in a way that continues proper order, you're going to be in a better yeah. position than if That's you right. don't pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, you keep things in order, you systemize it, and there's a way to do things that makes sense. It's efficient, yeah. and you can it's doing things with excellence, which again comes out of that desire to have its principled centered leadership, which gives the foundation to, okay, why would I even have that desire to put those tools away? Because, you know, you take pride and you're confident, you you feel like what you're doing matters. But if you don't have that foundation, why would you want to, you know, like you said, put the tools back kind of thing? Yeah. So it's... um, I think it gives indication, especially applying it to companies where you can kind of pinpoint, at least for me, I would think, Paul, I mean, you're, you, it's your company. You work with these companies all the time, but it would give you an idea of indication like, hey, that maybe this is some of the areas that your, your company is experiencing issues in. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of look at, um, examine it almost in those different areas. So. Well, you said something that really prompts me, and mm-hmm. that is excellence. Yeah. And... Um, there's an old Aristotle quote that you know, like sometimes when I'm I, I, for fun, I coach uh, high school quarterbacks and wide receivers and, oh, cool. and also some high school uh, other varsity team sports. And one of the things I want all the kids to walk away with is this notion that we are what we repeatedly do. Yeah, that's right. Right. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but it's a habit. But, yeah. And so, you know, when you're growing up, if you. Uh, then get into the marketplace and you get into the business world mm-hmm. and you don't have a sense that oh, I got to do things the right way because of its long-standing impact if you're yeah. just if you're not aware that that's what happens then you end up causing yourself so many additional problems whereas if you understand that excellence is just doing simple things right because yeah. that leads to being able to do big things right for sure and so um, you talked about how it affects people in companies mm-hmm well, the ramification fa- effect of a couple people not doing simple things right yeah. is profound mm-hmm. in a terrible way. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a place anybody wants to be. Because yeah, they're responsible for so many other lives, too, that are in the company. Right. So, yeah, and not, not even talking about the customers at that point. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you're going to have a hard time serving them if you can't get yep. your own, keep, keep your own house in order. That's exactly right. 
So, yeah. and, and that is a lot of kind of what Prosperity Partners does, right? You come into different companies and kind of help them with these processes. And I'd kind of like to, to jump into that a little bit and, you know, kind of t- walk us through an example of like when someone comes to you, what services do you kind of offer? And then what do you kind of look for as kind of the first steps to provide the tips and tools for this, these companies to, you know, find their right way? Yeah, great questions. Um, thank you for <laughs> bringing this question up. Of course. <laughs> So uh, we, we've created a map, yeah. right? So you got to figure out where you are, first of all, and then you can determine where, what next steps need to happen in order to get where you want to go. Right. So we call that map the prosperity path. Uh, on that path are three places. Those places are fund, grow, and exit. So we help with sort of from a high level assessing where are you in any of these three things. So... Uh, then what happens is we create a prosperity plan and that plan is the next thing that needs to happen to move closer to what you want the ideal state to be. So we start at the end with exit. Okay. What's this going to look like someday or sooner? And hopefully that someday is two to five years or more from now, because otherwise you're going to have a hard time extracting the wealth out because you can ethically extract the wealth from the company right. and that's what you should be thinking about Definitely. these things should serve and create a lot of value and if they do then the natural side effect of creating a lot of value is a, is wealth generation mm-hmm. so we want to help them kind of think in advance how to do that and then well if you're going to make the most of your exit then you got to grow so how do you efficiently grow and that's where things like systems and processes and having clarity on what your vision is and being able to make traction towards your vision. Um, all of those things are important that, yeah. that allows you to grow, um, to a higher level, which will make your exit better. And typically in order to grow, you need to fund it. Yeah. And so how do you capitalize the business? There's only a few ways to do it, but you gotta not all apply to everybody, but all companies need to leverage some, mm-hmm. or you're going to sure. run into problems, um, at some point. Yeah. when trouble comes you know there's gonna be challenges now do you have um like common pain points that you see with a lot of the businesses you work with because um, i'm really curious and i'm sure the listeners and um, watchers would be curious to know what some similar pain points that people might be seeing and what are the solutions that you provide to those kind of pain points yeah it's a great question so uh i'll give you just a small handful yeah for sure so like people problems mm-hmm. right you got people on the team and at some point you're thinking, I wonder, is this, should this person be here? Or you're thinking, I really need a person that can do this. So any of those kind of people problems are natural triggers. Yeah. Um, and generally this is, there's like four, if you've ever read the book, The E-Myth, uh, Michael oh, yeah. Gerber mm-hmm. talks about mm-hmm. their state. He, he doesn't talk about it expressly, but he alludes to it. But there really are four phases of growth from one employee to a thousand employees or from one location to a thousand employee location. Mm-hmm. And so when you get beyond the first step, which is when you own a job, that's kind of like when you're um, uh, you know, just just you as an entrepreneur or solopreneur, sometimes it's called. When you get beyond that, and you have to start adding other humans, whether they're contractors, whether they're employees, then there's that's the time when you start entering people problem mm-hmm. area. So yeah. if someone has people problems, that's a natural because not all of us. Um, in fact, the majority of us have not been taught how to grow a business. Yeah. That's a, that's not a skill that is widely taught, especially for people who start off and 
are good at a certain thing and yeah. go get into business. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good at doing attorney work or I'm good at being uh, an accountant or I'm good at fixing faucets or I'm good at, um, you know, welding or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good at writing code. All of those things are a technical skill, but that doesn't automatically give them the practical skill of building an organization of people. And so you run into people problems. Yeah, absolutely. So people problems is one. Another one is profit problems, like not enough. And typically there's systematic issues that stand behind that. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, when it feels like nothing's working, I mean, some people get to the point that they've grown their business, but now it's like they've, nothing seems to be working. I'm trying this. It doesn't work. Trying this doesn't work. That, that is a symptom of, it's symptomatic of people problems, but you don't feel that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a people problem. Um, when you've hit a ceiling, it's a natural occurrence in uh, life, both for humans and for organizations and for teams. You've grown to a certain point and then you hit the ceiling mm-hmm. and there's five leadership abilities uh, that are taught through uh, traction, the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial operating system, which is one of the ways that we help companies grow. Yeah. And so, you have to get good at simplifying and you have to get good at uh, recognizing that you've hit a ceiling mm-hmm. and get good at communicating to your team and growing and breaking through that ceiling because it's a natural sort of a currency level off. And then how can you go through to the next level? Yeah. So those, those are a few of the kind of natural triggers, people problems, profit problems, hitting a ceiling, feel like mm-hmm. nothing's working. Yeah. Um, especially when someone is at a point where they have some other humans helping them on their mission. Yeah, for sure. So what are the, I guess, common, not common, but what are the solutions that you've seen are really effective at kind of overcoming those? Hmm. Like people problems. What, like, is that more, do you find that it's more communication based? Um, like with the profits? I mean, do you look at the, the numbers that they're currently doing and try to put some, make some changes like to the current systems that they have, maybe make some budget cuts if there's ability to do, like what are some, um, you might not even be able to answer it right now, Paul, because it's I'm not giving you like a firm company example. Uh, it's very generalized, but yeah, I'm just kind of curious if there's any kind of solution with those. Yeah, it's a great uh, and very broad question. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> but I, I think uh, relatively succinctly, I can answer mm-hmm. it this way: uh, there's only a certain number of problems in the history of organizational life or business life, nonprofit, for-profit, whatever. Uh, Someone, I think, jokingly said, there's only 23 problems in the history of business. Um, And to the degree you can get good at a few areas, this is sort of a quote that comes from Gino Wickman, who wrote that book, Traction. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, if you can get good at six core elements, uh, first is your vision, right? So we may have, if, if I had six people on a leadership team and I walk them in one at a time and say, do you have a vision for this company? Okay, what is it? Next person, bring them in, ask them. Next person, we're going to get six answers, and they're all going to vary a little or a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they are rowing. They're all rowing. I mean, you, you don't get to a point of leadership typically without being a hard worker and being driven and wanting to accomplish things, mm-hmm. but they may not be rowing together. So the starting point is, okay, well, what what's the vision that we share? Mm-hmm get clear on that together and then make sure you share it with the rest of the company. Then from that, you can't build a great, um, you can't accomplish great vision without great people. So determining who are the right people to have 
uh, as Jim Collins talks about in Good to Great, yeah. on the bus and in the right mm-hmm. seat. Mm-hmm. How do you figure that out? Well, practically, it's not just, it, it feels kind of, I don't know, ethereal and unclear how yeah. you get who the right people are and are they in the right seat or not. But mm-hmm. using some practical tools to determine that, it's feasible mm-hmm. to figure out if you got right people in the right seats. Like if, if you are clear on your core values for yourself personally, and then become clear on the values that we want in our culture here, then it's easier for us to determine, oh, that's the right person for our bus, or this is not a right person. I mean, you might be a good person, but you're not right for here, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. You can promote them to being a customer or something else. Um, So part of its vision, and then it's about people, and then it comes to reporting. Mm -hmm. Do you know what's happening in business? People talk about running a business by the numbers, which, if you don't know the numbers, you can't run it by the numbers. Mm-hmm. So uh, having the right kind of reporting that tells you what you would need to know yeah. so that uh, we use the analogy, uh, let's say you're on vacation, you and your significant other, and you're on an island where the only communication was the piece of paper brought to you by the cabana boy or the cabana girl. If they brought you that piece of paper and it was a report telling you about the business, you, if you look at it, you want to know the things that tell you Oh, I could stay another week or I got to get home, you know? So the reporting is the Mm -hmm. next step. And then it's about how do you solve problems as a team? How do you document the processes that you're needing to have accomplished every day in the business? And then, uh, finally is how are you getting traction? The discipline and accountability needs to be applied to everybody in the organization. So when we built our, my two companies, Mm -hmm. um, prior to prosperity partners, we had fully encompassing, set of principled systems that we used that were very similar to the six I just mentioned. Um, What I love about the way Gino describes it is that it's very, um, it's a very assumable program for leadership and for mid-level and for even for people who are just in the trenches doing it every day. If you have a people required business, which many of them, many of them do require people. Yeah, I mean, every business, whether they like it or not, is in the people business. <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> One right. way or the other. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and then I, I guess as far as Prosperity Partners, I'm curious, how, how big is the team on Prosperity Partners? That's a good question. So we have, we have l- let me define partners. Yeah. Um, because I've had literal business partners who had share in the equity in yeah. the past. Gotcha. Uh, in this business, we don't have that but we have an affiliated group of subject matter experts. And so they're brought in from time to time to deliver on a specific outcome that's needed. Gotcha, yeah, makes sense. So um, like if I hearken back to the time that I spent at Rev1, I met all these amazing people like who were a subject matter area, subject matter expert in one area. For instance, if I gotta grow my business from X amount of headcount employees to double or triple in order to hit the outcome in three years. Well, then someone would come along and say, well, did you know that there's um, grant money available for you? Did you know that you could go to the municipality or to the state and uh, tell them your plans and potentially get some supporting dollars? So I'm just, this is one example of of dozens uh, when it comes to the partners that are involved. And so at the other end of the spectrum, um, there are subject matter experts on how to ethically extract the wealth out of the business as you're leaning leading towards that exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
a funny story. Well, it's not funny. It's a story. That's <laughs> a story. Uh, it was a, like it was a Saturday morning, and it was almost uh, New Year's Eve. It was like the Saturday before New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, at, I'm at home in my kitchen, and I don't know, doing dishes or something. I have kids. I have a family. <laughs> yeah. we, de- we eat. You That's know, we, true. We make dishes dirty, <laughs> and you got to clean. Somebody's got it. So that morning, I was doing, and I get a call from a buddy of mine, and somebody that I had known uh, for a long time, twenty years, and he says to me. Hey, uh, after the chit chat, he said, are you looking to get back into the business? Because he was involved in another company and in that business, um, you know, it was the same industry that I had been in, in my first business. Looking to get back into business. We got some money we'd like to loan out, maybe a really low interest rate. And I, I'm going through my head like, wait a minute, New Year's Eve is Tuesday. It's Saturday morning. Nobody's working. Why are you calling me? And then I kind of got the idea. Oh, okay. Well, maybe there's something that happened and he wants to put the money to work. And he alluded to that. So I'm like, well, thank you, but no, I'm not really interested. Um, so we finished our phone call, and four or five days later, it cemented in my brain that that's why he was calling, because they wanted to put the money to work and try to loan it out beforehand. Well, I find out about uh, March, that the prior September, so three months before he called me, um, our common friend had sold his company. So he had this uh, small brick-and-mortar business located in the um, – you know, like Montana, Idaho, Minnesota, that got part of the U.S. And he'd sold it. Uh, he sold it for um, $1.8 million. And he had a partner. So his amount he got to keep was $1.2 million. But he hadn't planned um, as well as I've heard other people plan. Yeah. And so he had to write a check to the IRS for over $675,000. Wow. Man, that that hurts my heart. Seriously, think of all the blood, sweat, and tears that (laughs) had been put in, and so um, painful. Yeah, so if you don't start far enough ahead, you Mm -hmm. are precluded from having that kind of a positive outcome. You you get you get stuck into those kind of situations, unfortunately, which is the opposite of what my friend Andy did. So Andy, he started um, he started this remodeling business. He was doing bathrooms only. He was doing it through Home Depot. Got really good. At one store, then another store, then a whole market, then a district, then half the U.S., and then Home Depot came back to him and said, hey, I think we'd like to maybe buy your business. So (laughs) he had a nice little runway to figure it out. And what he did was uh, there are three, um, we call them three wealth transfer tools. These Mm -hmm. are specific ways you do it, uh, funds, trusts, and uh, contracts. So one of the things that I know he did was he sold part of the shares of his business to this um, organization called a donor advised fund. That's the type of category it is. It's called the National Christian Foundation. So he sold part of his business to the National Christian Foundation. So when he had this transaction, he didn't have the full impact on him because the shares were partially owned by this that's right. Not for profit. Mm-hmm. And he still gets to direct what happens with those dollars. Yeah. This is just one of those tools that's available so you can ethically extract the wealth out of the company and put it to good use, yeah. not only for your family, but for the you know the world around you, the yeah. community. Yeah, Dwight uh, Montgomery. I don't know if yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, Dwight, Dwight's yeah. a very good friend of mine. Yeah, he's oh, awesome. shared with me how valuable that is to a lot of business owners. Oh, yeah. it's It, it can be literally life-changing that's right on multiple levels yeah uh, and that's one of for yourself tools. for the people around you and for the greater good right right which i love it's a three-tiered kind of system approach of 
doing good. <laughs> yeah. But you're precluded from that yeah. if you don't start far enough in That's advance. That's exactly right. Which is why, like for our world, we got to start with the exit. Begin with the yeah. end in mind. Okay, when's this going to happen? What kind of... There's only seven categories of ways to exit a company. So yeah. let's figure out what m- might be likely for you. For sure. And then start working backward yeah. so we can make it the best it can be. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> so um, not to change too much of a subject, Paul, but I'm really curious what, so, I mean, we, we focused on the issues of businesses that you're serving. What are some of the challenges you're facing with your own company? Mm. Like, are there pain points that you're kind of working through right now with your own company? Cause I, I mean, whether we like it or not, <laughs> um, every company, every entrepreneur is facing issues with growing their company. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and it's different when you don't know the issues that may be on the horizon than when mm-hmm. you've already been through it before. Mm-hmm. Only in that it's more frustrating. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, it's like your third kid, right? Like oh, the yeah. first kid, you know, okay, they're going to try and stick their finger in the light socket. Okay, well, you, 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 the only reason you know that is because people have told you. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But on the third kid, it's like, oh, he's going to try and stick his finger in the light socket. Well, let's go ahead and protect ourselves. <laughs> so uh, like I'm growing this prosperity partners business and yeah. we do advising, we do some coaching, we have mm-hmm. some online content, some online courses that are being created. We do mm-hmm. stuff physically in conference rooms, with leadership teams. And so um, the direct answer to your question is, is there's an element of frustration because we are in that phase right between uh, where all of the stuff is now clear on our path, mm-hmm. but we haven't assembled a team to be able to go execute on all that. Yeah, for sure. And so for anybody who's going from solopreneurship to having a small team, mm-hmm. um, there's this time when, okay, let me scour all of the people I know, my network, people that I kind of know, and family and friends, who could I talk to, share my vision for what I'm trying to accomplish, my mission, who I think I'm going to be able to serve, and what kind of value I'm going to bring to the world, and start to have a team that's going to Mm -hmm. carry this ball forward. Eventually, and hopefully not too soon after, you have the revenue to pay them, and then you can start to go through the next growth discomfort phase, which is, finding the best people to do those projects Mm -hmm. because not always are you able to to come up with the best people you have to find some people that's right and sometimes you start with friends and family and they're not unfortunately the best people or life changes right Mm -hmm. i mean people need to go do something else and that's That's okay so um you know for for us for prosperity partners uh we have a small team internally just there's there are four of us who are doing work right now within Prosperity Partners and then a bunch of these affiliated yeah. partners outside of that. Are the four of you doing like similar type of work or do you guys have your different specialties, those four internal people? Yeah, so uh, it most of the work that we are doing right now is leadership development, right. or team leadership um, you know, coaching. So we're not all that different. Yeah. And uh, but that's because that's where the, the revenue is being driven. Yeah, of course. We're spending our time Definitely. in that area. Definitely. For sure. um, but as I think about the next few months or, you know, quarters, we got to get some diversity on the team that's going to let it grow faster. Yeah. And so that goes back to that frustration point. Like, I know that that's what needs yeah. to happen next. Yeah. But there's, you got to chop wood and carry water. You mm-hmm. got to do the work. You got to paint right. the fence. You got to. 
you know exactly right all of the analogies from karate kid <laughs> yes you just got to do the work yeah and so someone's got to do the work until you can uh, hand the work off yeah and so that, i think that's probably my biggest frustration point right now is i see i see what we're going to be able to do in five years mm-hmm. and in three years and in a year but you, you still got to get to that point. Yeah, exactly. I was just talking with the business owner today, Paul, actually, about the, there's, in my mind, there's basically two kinds of people. You've got the visionary and you've got the integrator. Mm. So it's like, uh, may I, I don't want to speak for you or assume you with your identity. The um, You might be that visionary. You Like you said, you see, you're seeing the five years in, in the future. Yeah. Well, how are you going to get there? You've got to have integrators around you on your team that can help you build that process, implement those things uh, to get you from where you are to where you want to go. Yeah. Which is so crucial. Yeah. Uh, and you look at those standalone like oh, we like to say overnight successes, but they're not really overnight. Right. Fifteen years, yeah, so many, yeah, so many years and blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, but you look at it with the visionary. The successful ones were the ones who surrounded themselves with integrators that they needed at that time. But like yeah. you said, as they grew, they replaced them with the people that they needed at those different levels of, um, I guess, phases of growth. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. That that um, that point the visionary and the integrator mm-hmm. um, is one of the two that to me stand out the most from the EOS interaction. Yeah. That distinction between just because you're the owner doesn't necessarily mean you are one or the other. Mm-hmm. Just because you're a business leader doesn't mean you're one or the other, but you need to decipher if you hold one of those two yeah. places naturally. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree with you. I've done mm-hmm. either yeah. in at different times, at different phases, I've been the integrator. I've also been the visionary, and I feel more naturally sort of in that visionary role. Yeah, I would be, say I'm the same. I, the integrator, I've taught myself how, that you know ways that I na- need to do that. Yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> sometimes it just needs done, and exactly. you got to paint the fence. Yeah, I mean, exactly. the fence needs painted. Yep. Needs painted by this date. Um, I just right. got to paint the fence. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Cool. Yeah. And then I guess, so as far as, you know, doing all these processes and you have these plans in place, but like you said, you got to do the work and you also have to do the work that happens right now. So yeah. what is, what is like a typical day for you look like? Are you mostly, mm-hmm. you know, on like at a client's place working with the leadership team? Are you mostly behind the scenes doing stuff, talking meetings? What does a typical day look like for Paul? Yeah. So a few days a month, I'm on site in a conference room with the leadership team of a company that has a dozen ish or more people doing a couple million or more in revenue. Mm-hmm. And so we'll spend a full day together and just do a quarterly strategy session uh, around those six elements that I mentioned a couple minutes ago mm-hmm. um, that solve those pain points. Yeah. So um, that's a handful of days a month. Gotcha. On other days, um, I'm doing things to promote this business. Of course. Right? Recording content, uh, putting stuff together that will be a part of our um, online delivery like online content through courses and stuff that we're building Mm -hmm. and uh, then it's just working through my network Um, the longer that you've been in a the the business community if you've been in um, intentional at all you should have a growing network yeah and so a lot of the gusts of success that are available to you depend on how intentionally you go back to that network and say, Hey, here's what I'm working on today and how clear your message is to them. So if I can go back to them and say, Hey, here's what we're working on. 
here's who it serves. If you know somebody, love it if you'd connect them with us. And by the way, unless you tell me not to, I'd like to share with you on some recurring basis what we're doing. So it's a lot of that kind of thing, just reaching back out to our network. And we do some free events. We do some some various things like that. So a day in the life tends to be a variety, but it is all centered around this. The, the main event for us is those leadership team times um, when we're spending the full day in the conference room and we're really changing the world that they live in. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's uh, man, I remember the first few times I did that, coming home and telling my wife, like, man, I, they paid me for that. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. See, that's um, one of the best moments, though, because you 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 know you found what really fulfills yeah. you and what you should be doing. Definitely. Because you're like, I get paid to do it, and it doesn't feel like work to you. Right. I could do because, it. Because yeah, it's longer. And you're longer. being authentic to who you are yeah. and what you're, you know, what you're really good at delivering value to other people. Mm. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. It's. It, I remember a time uh, when we were on a trip. And I had that sort of epiphany, like, yeah. man, life is really too short. I got to do <laughs> the stuff I love to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, that's, so I, I've told, I think, Adam this before, because like one of them, I don't know if it's the same for you, Paul, but I live for those moments where you work with um, you know, an entrepreneur, business owner, and you see, you see how they're almost depressed, distraught. And then you're, you're asking them the questions and leading them through that conversation, the conversational journey almost. And then it clicks with them and their light, the spark comes back in there. Like that's for me. I love, I live for that because it's like, okay, they're starting to get it. And now they're believing in themselves again Yeah, and they can uh, use that energy to attract and inspire all the other people right. around them. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I don't know if all of us love that. Yeah, no. But I'm like you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I when that happens, sure. it's like highlight of the week kind yeah. of thing. You know? Absolutely. And like, if you can do it more often than that, that's even better. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it energizes you because you're like, wow, I want to, I want to work with these guys again, or I want to find the next people to do the same kind of thing. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. And I think it's super important, especially you know, in the business world, and people who study business and entrepreneurship and all these things is, you you understand how freaking difficult it is i mean it's like mm -hmm. you know you see these people who have yachts and million like millions and millions of dollars but you don't you know in most cases you don't just get there by doing stuff you right. go through mm -hmm. like you said a lot of failures a lot of partners leaving you a lot of things happening out of your control so yeah like jason said when you're able to capture that moment and give someone that spark to allow them to to succeed and like i said that's the beautiful thing i think about business and people who are all about putting things you know back and putting things forward is when you have that spark and you have that success and and you build something and you make something that inspires others you're changing the world for people you would never even reach before that you don't right. even know like That's you're right. never going to know all the people that you're you're, you're going to change their lives for even by a simple conversation or a handshake or you know looking them in the eye when you talk to them i mean right. it's, it's really it's amazing how little things can really make an impact and that happens by taking that first step by getting re-energized by talking to people by finding out those solutions instead of just giving up and you know saying i'm not mm -hmm. worth it because you are and you can be. Yeah, so that's right. Right, for sure. 90% of businesses fail in the first 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And of the ones that do survive, 70% never make it past the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't, that ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. That's right. And that's part of, that's why Prosperity Partners exist. Yeah. Because the, what you just said there, the guy with the yacht, it doesn't just, he didn't fall off a log and 
yeah. got get that thing. <laughs> it was lots of trial and error and exactly. mistakes and re- course correction and pivot. And it was that over and over and over again. Yeah. And in our school system, we're taught an A plus is the only acceptable. Don't, don't make mistakes. Yeah, right. Exactly. right? We're, we're taught don't, 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 don't make mistakes because you'll get fired or right. you get a bad grade or whatever. But the reality is in life, um, mistakes are natural. Yeah, exactly. It's a form of, and a process of learning. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I, I always trick my kids, um, when we're coaching or something, I'll say is, is to, does practice make perfect? Right. And they always, at first, until they've heard this, they, they <laughs> say, yes, practice makes perfect. I'm like, no, practice makes permanent. Yep, yeah, exactly. Perfect practice makes perfect. perfect. Yeah. You got to do it right. And when you do it wrong, it's okay. Just do it right. So you can lock it in. Right. And then that constant state of course correction and learning allows someone to get from where they are to where they want to be mm-hmm. so that the, the dream lifestyle, the, um, the ability to drive value that creates wealth that changes the state of affairs for someone's family and the families around them. That's reality yeah. mm-hmm. for them. If they're willing to succumb to this notion that mistakes are okay. Exactly. Failures are right. Right. As long as you are thinking about where you want to end up and have people around you that can help to guide you there and, or mentor you there and, or just support you and encourage you when you're having one of those days that feels like it's super heavy. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I said, you know, I mentioned this before, but it's also just amazing how much can be done by saying good work, man, or way to go, or you're doing awesome. Like even a simple thing like that, where it's so passing, but for somebody who's going through a lot of tough times and they hear that, they're like, oh, well, it's like, like you said, it's that spark. That's what you got to try to find. And that's Um, what really makes a difference. Henry Ford called it uh, throwing golden bricks, I think. Hmm. He would walk (laughs) in and. Um, he would identify when he would do his factory tours, he'd walk in and identify one person that was doing their work with excellence, walk over, give them them really high praise and actually write a check literally on the spot for them saying, thank you so much for doing your work with excellence. I want to see that continued effort. You know what it did for everyone else too? Oh, (laughs) the ripple effects are enormous. Everyone's like, well, I want to do my best work too exactly. because, you know, he's obviously appreciates us. I mean, you know, we wouldn't have the, um, um, what is it, the system for manufacturing cars that we right, do without right. him Conveyor today. Belt, yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So crazy. But uh, we're getting close to the um, end of our conversation here, Paul. But And you might have actually just answered this question and what you just said. Um, but do you have any, like, kinds of advice for entrepreneurs that are listening right now um, you know, that you want to offer to them, uh, mm. based on your experience, you know, they might be, they might be struggling right now with growing their own company. Um, what's some advice that you, you know, in a quick succinct way I want to share with them. Mm. So I'll, I'll categorize this into two because if you're a solopreneur, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different than if you have a team. Yeah, for right? sure. So, uh, for the solopreneur, it's finding people outside your business who you can marry up with from a peer perspective because it's very difficult. I mean, we are social beings, Mm -hmm. right? We're made with mouths and ears. Mm -hmm. So um, when we connect with people, it brings longevity and and, uh, a greater ability to sustain when stuff that's hard is happening. So my encouragement, if if there's one thing that's going to sort of be a boost to anybody who's in that, very small team or uh, solopreneur 
phase of their company growth, it would be go find some peers who you can relate to. They can relate to you. You can share your concerns, your troubles, your successes. They can celebrate with you. They can encourage you when you need it. Now, on the other hand, if they have a team already, so uh, whether that's a small team or a large team, it's really about how clearly can you um, dis- help them distinguish where we're going and how mm-hmm. we're going to get there. Yeah. So again, if I'm going to give one piece of advice um, or one comment that might be something worth thinking about to someone in that kind of scenario, it's the, the rhythms that you use to establish um, sort of a team cohesiveness mm-hmm. are probably as important or more important than the work that's being done. So yeah, you know, there's, I think it was Peter Drucker a long time ago said culture each strategy for lunch, yeah. right? So if you don't develop a culture, well, how do you develop a culture? First, you got to figure out your core values. Second, you got to make sure you got people that agree with those that are on your team. Mm-hmm. And then you have to start rhythms that will allow those core values to de- develop and to mm-hmm. blossom into uh, a culture. Yeah. Or the culture will define itself. So um, to kind of put a bow on that one, if they already have teams, then get with them and as a group define what's our vision, where are we going? Mm -hmm. And then have a regular rhythm that lets you measure whether you're actually moving towards that or not. So. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that is, that's some good information. And, you know, I think we're, that's once again, we're at the end of our conversation. And you've, I mean, you've shared some incredible tips and you've clearly seen a lot about, you know, the different phases of businesses. You've seen successes, you've seen failures. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would probably love to know how they can connect with you. Like if they're interested in learning the teachings of Paul and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you know, just taking some of your experience and your team and doing stuff, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Thanks for asking. Yeah. You know, uh, so, um, we have a website and we have email and we have social media and we have <laughs> nice. a phone and we have <laughs> take all of the above. <laughs> I love um, it. It's funny. I, I was on this trip, uh, two years ago with my family and we were, um, in the jungle. So literally we went to Thailand. My wife's uncle blessed us with the trips that took us all over there. It was like seven people. Yeah. My middle daughter said, one thing I want to do is I want to ride an elephant. Well, an elephant's foot is as big around as your head. Oh, right? for sure. And you have to climb up on like uh, a deck to get on its back. And these people all over the world are riding around. And it turns out that an elephant and its guide are kind of like paired up from when the elephant's young. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you ride the, this elephant who has had the same guide its whole life. Yeah. And only through that, could they have thousands of people a month come through and ride through the jungle without having incidents and problems and all that stuff. And so, um, and they have cell phones over there, (laughs) right? And they have email over there and all that kind of stuff. And so it's, um, you know, our website is uh, prosperitypartnersusa.com. And I tell you the story about my daughter and the elephant because you know, we have these um, times in our life where we're trying to get from here to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And the fastest path to success is with a guide. Yeah. 
that's how we got through the jungle safely. For sure. And that's what grandpa did for me. And that's what we tend to do um, as we serve our clients. Yeah. It's a good story. I like that. <laughs> so that's the best way they can go on the website. They can, I'm sure there's a contact form or anything else like that to get in Absolutely. touch with yep. you. We're on, uh, we're on social media as, um, like on, um, uh, Instagram as, um, permanent leader. Okay. And then the website is prosperity partners, USA. Gotcha. Uh, and then fund grow exit.com. Cool. That's nice. awesome. Very good. Now what's the fund grow exit.com focus? Well, it's typically used as the landing page for funnels when we have an initiative. Cool. Just That's because awesome. it's an easy thing to remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's a good cool. URL to have. Well, Paul, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. I I feel like we could package a lot of what you said into so many different like insights or even courses, like you said, um, you know, to basically equip our listeners, our entrepreneurs with what they need to succeed. So definitely appreciate your time. Uh, thank you guys so much, uh, you know, for tuning in and I'm sure we'll have Paul back at some point in the near future. Oh, I'd love sure. to have, it'd be back, my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we could even talk about, well, actually, yeah, I'll ask you guys right now for you guys who are listening or watching. Is there any questions that kind of got prompted or you would like to hear more about that you want Paul to talk about? Uh, send that over to Adam and me at hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Uh, and again, that's hello at growlikeaproshow.com. We'll, we can do, you know, an off the cuff kind of episode recording, maybe Paul with you, because uh, I, I think what you've just described in this episode Every single company needs that. Like you said, you broke it down into the solopreneur or, you know, with larger teams, mid-sized, um, mid-sized teams too. So yeah, definitely appreciate it. But thank you guys so much again, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. See, that's what I really just love about Paul's story is that he made it his life's mission, basically, to help others, to really pinpoint the pain points companies are feeling. And it doesn't matter the industry. I mean, Jason, that's what we kind of do with Grow Like a Pro, where it you can learn from so many different people. It doesn't matter if they don't do the same thing as you do. Business is business and life is life. And I think it's just so cool to see someone who has really kind of seen it all and really find a, found a way to excel at helping others. Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, absolutely great point, Adam, because the, I, I, and I think I see, and I think the, the listeners would see too, that, you know, at the end of the day, Paul, his focus really is on building relationships and, you know, every industry, no matter what it is you're, you're in, uh, there's common things that you need to be thinking about in order to have a really successful business, to grow your business, to, you know, overcome those challenges that you're facing. And I think that's one of the biggest things uh, that's really great about this show, Adam, is, you know, I, I think Paul uh, touched on it as well, but it's really understanding that, hey, you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're, in, you're probably in a leadership position. So how do you look at, you know, your current situation and make some improvements to get uh, basically help you get from where you are to where you want to go? And Paul really broke that down in a super simple way. And I think that's so important to realize too, Adam, is, and we've talked about it before on the show, but that's, a lot of people think that these problems are complex, but in reality, you know, they're simple if you have the right framework to walk through um, and, you know, overcome those challenges, which, you know, Paul has 
had so much experience developing that out and really helped companies, again, get from where they are to where they want to go. I, I absolutely love the conversation with them. I think it was so great. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, I just can't thank him enough for coming and, you know, share sharing his story because it, it's hard to get away sometimes. I know there's like so many things going on, so many irons in the fire, as it were. So, yeah, and a, I think he, was uh, really good. he even mentioned, too, he's moving. He's got another family move, uh, family member that's moving. So that in addition, you know, to continuing the work that he's doing. Yeah, it was really, really I was so appreciative of him taking the time out to come talk with us. Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah. So once again, I just want to thank Paul so much. And I want to encourage people if you want to be a part of the show or send your questions into Grow Like a Pro, be sure to send your e an email to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that is hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And Jason, why don't you take a moment to speak about our sponsor? Yeah. So this week's sponsor is brought to you. Um, the show is brought to you by Genesis Marketing Group as our premier sponsor. So at the end of the day, they take the time to get to know you, your business, um, much like Paul, understand where you're at, where you want to go. And then they create that customized marketing plan um, to help you bring in more money, get the leads that you want you know, better serve um, and connect with the customers that you're trying to serve. So uh, again, everything from website development, pay-per-click advertising, uh, reputation management. So managing like your testimonials, doing video reviews. Uh, basically at the end of the day, what you need to know about Genesis is they've got that proven track record, case studies of really helping companies make more money and connect with their uh, their customers. So uh, definitely recommend checking uh, them out at genesismarketinggroup.com. That's Genesis with a J. Um, reach out to them, you know, have a, a quick conversation. They do free consultations that, you know, you'll come out of that consultation with some deliverable uh, and really applicable um, action steps that you can take for growth. So again, couldn't do this show without their support. Uh, absolutely love what they do and yeah they've got that uh that proven track record record of helping people just like you grow definitely yeah it's uh that's we're forever thankful for everything they've done for us. it's incredible yeah. you know jason we next week is you know going to be the end of kind of grow like a pro season one I think we're kind of positioning it as, and yep. we have some uh, some ideas for what the future of the show is going to be, and we're going to kind of dive into some of those details and see what what's what's coming down the line for our show together. Yep, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it, Adam, and uh, I hope you guys too, as you're listening on the, uh, you know, uh, wherever you're at, driving, exercising, you know, just sitting in your office, uh, Adam and I, you know, we couldn't do the show without you guys. We we absolutely love you, appreciate your support. Um, again, if you have questions or things that you want us to talk about uh, in an upcoming show, upcoming season, uh, just send that over to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Uh, we definitely appreciate all the support, the questions that we continue to get. Uh, if you know someone that you think would be a good fit to be on the show, let us know, because um, our whole goal here is to help you guys get what you need to succeed. Definitely, definitely. Well, Jason, I think I, I speak for both of us when I say thank you to all of you listening and you know coming along for this ride. Thank you to Paul, and we look forward to coming back next week for another show. And until then, I hope you have a great day and or night, and we will see you next week. <laughs>